0: Just what I preach, you know, when I'm teaching some of my students at university, I say to them, like, when you're putting together your consumer board and if you want to set up a business, who is it you are wanting to identify with? Like, who's going to be on that board? And they start off because they're so indoctrinated into this kind of like such a small minded advertising world out there. They have all of these blonde girls with like size eight bodies, and it's like, well, what the hell? Come on, well, you're not even on there. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you know, and then they're like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Oh, what? You're like a size 12 with brown hair and you're, you're pear shaped. You're not even on your own book. You start to realize these things like, holy crap, if I can't even identify with who I am. How are my consumers meant to understand who I am and how do I then make money? That journey of really kind of identifying with your customer is hugely beneficial to understand how to make your profit, your profit margin.
1: Hey everyone and welcome to the Money Makers podcast. I am so happy you've chosen to join me today. This podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money without leaving their integrity behind. I'm Ray Dodd, a money and business coach and my very favourite thing is seeing those who have underestimated themselves or been underestimated by society make more money. I believe we owe it to one another to take the discussion around money far beyond manifestation and money blocks and to get into what's really holding us back from making more money. It's obviously a special episode of the podcast because they all are, because our guest is wonderful. But it's also the first episode where you might have noticed we've changed the name of the podcast. I'm going to talk about that more as time goes on, I'm sure. But I just wanted to say welcome to what is now the Moneymakers Podcast for Money Making Women. And just quickly say the reason that we have decided to do that is just because we wanted to make sure that we are including all the humans we are meaning to include. The topics of conversation are not going to change, style of guests we have. I just want to make sure that everybody who I've always intended to be invited knows explicitly that they are of course invited so while we are going to talk about lots of stuff that impact women I'm aware that lots of those things impact so many of us for so many different reasons by just taking out the one word women I believe that that makes that invitation much more clear much more precise and in essence more inviting So, welcome to the Moneymakers podcast. Thank you for being here again. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Ronke. For anyone that's listened to this podcast before, I say this every time, but I think it's because I get the best guests. I'm so excited (laughs) about having you here. (laughs) I'm always, every time I'm like, I'm so excited and I mean it every time. (laughs) So I'm so excited to welcome Ronke to the podcast how you do or you do okay i don't know i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can tell us a bit about it in a second but you're an academic and you are creative director of love your look and i noticed on your um profile you've got you've got a fashion school happening as well yeah so that
0: kind of started last year and just by you know what i just wanted it to be organic i didn't really mm. put a lot of energy behind it it was just more I had the time because of lockdown yeah. to be able to kind of give more of what I knew to audiences who were just asking me questions on my DM. So I thought, yeah. I'm just gonna let it let it fizzle, see what happens. And eventually, you know, when I have more time, yeah. after the baby. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing, growing
1: a human as well. well this is so. it.
0: I'll I'll be able to kind of dive back into that. But now I kind of feel like focus focus is on. Specific areas in terms of what needs to happen. So
1: cool, nice. And so, your main thing that people will know you from probably on Instagram specifically is Love Your Look, which is your clothing brand, which I actually came across. I think we've spoken like a while ago before. Yeah. I came across those dresses, your amazing dresses, years ago. Yeah. And I remember what really stuck out to me at the time was that you used a model. I'm sure this was you with gray hair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I remember being like, whoa, because yeah. <laughs> it's much more common now. Like we're yeah. still, it's still not like normal. It's not uh-huh. what, what everyone's doing. But I remember being like, wow, this is so yeah. nice to see. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But uh-huh. I adore your clothes. I think they're amazing. So in case you haven't guessed it already everybody the guests that I invite on the podcast are people whose businesses intrigue me people who I'm like how can I get an excuse to talk to this person about all things business and podcasts are the perfect reason so you've been one of those people for a long time so thank you for coming on and chatting thank you for asking it. me
0: I'm like yeah I love doing <laughs> stuff
1: like this. so can you tell us and you touched on this we started talking a little bit about what you do but can you tell us a bit about what you do and how yes. you ended up doing it
0: Sure. So my background go way back, like literally way back into my early 20s. After I graduated from university, I was styling on the side. This is the good thing about back in the day before social media, when you were a student and you had to work part time, you obviously had like a a little side job. Mine was working as a sales assistant in Selfridges and for quite a few different Mm. high street shops. But when you work in London, you also get to meet a lot of amazing people. So yeah. I was working alongside like people who are now very like highly acclaimed actors. Mm. At the time, they were just like trying to like, you know, get money for themselves together. Mm. Like, musicians in bands, etc. And now they're all like people who have amazing influence.
1: Yeah.
0: But at the time, I, you know, we didn't know that. Yeah. And they would ask me to sort of style them and do things with them. And kind of like, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, go to vintage shops, pick out bits, jackets, whatnot. And my biggest kind of accidental styling gig, I guess, was with for Kate Winslet. Oh. And I got to style her for a sort of a red carpet, not just by myself. I can't take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> but I was with her actual stylist assisting. Mm. And then I kind of got this like, oh, I love clothes, I want to do something more with it. But I wasn't quite sure. So as I finished my degree, I found out about fashion buying. And Mm -hmm. it kind of is like an amalgamation of trend forecasting, styling, business and marketing in one. And I loved it. And it kind of gave me the opportunity to really understand a woman's body because Mm -hmm. you were like in there with fit models and like really sculpting these you know, our mm. outfits on how people wear them, understanding well why is it that women over a certain age want to cover their arms? You know, all these yeah. kind of like weird things that you don't get when you're in your twenties because you're just wearing well, you're wearing nothing basically. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so it was great. It was a great learning curve. So I did that for about ten years, and I travelled a lot. I think for perhaps two years I lived out of my suitcase and mm. um, I remember my mum getting me a suitcase as a birthday present because she was like as you're traveling now you must have a, a good matching set." So, oh <laughs> like, I am with your mum that's right, awesome. <laughs> yeah. At the time I didn't realize it but as when you're going business class you've got to look the part. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I'd spend you know time in Hong Kong, in India, mm. um, in Germany and I was really fortunate you know to learned so much at such a young age but I I worked you know I was Mm. like proper dedicated to to my work and even at the time my now now husband then boyfriend I said Mm. to him well you know you gotta wait for me because I'm like a (laughs) workaholic and he was like yeah that's fine so I'm like you know focused focused on my work Mm. all the time so I spent just over 10 years doing that and as I kind of realized. Then fast fashion wasn't what I really wanted to yeah. live and believe. I'd seen the behind the scenes, I'd seen mm. how factories worked, I knew how to work with suppliers. So I, I decided on a holiday whilst in India to just do my own thing and just see what happened. You know, mm. I just kind of picked up some fabrics, found some really like small tailorers to make up some items for me, and brought them back. And, and that's when I did the big duties. At the time, she'd done Judy's Affordable Vintage
1: yeah.
0: Vintage Festival. Yeah, that was at Goodwood, and it was such an amazing mm. festival. So I—that was my very first sort of market stall experience. So I brought all the stuff back with me. Did it at the festival, and I was like, "Whoa, there's a little gap in the market here for people mm. who have a normal body shape, yes, but want to wear vintage-inspired clothing." Yeah and and there was only you know two other brands doing it yeah. so there's Collective and Vivian of Holloway yeah so that's where i was like i'm going to do this i'm going to see what happens and just mm. kept going and going and going lots of market stalls lots of events pop up shops i've done over 20 pop up shops all over the country now and fast forward i'm now thankfully happily selling on my own platform successfully yeah. turning over six figures so we're in a really good place at the moment and hopefully you know next year we'll be in an even better place yeah so it's it's grown it's taken next year will be our 10 year anniversary
1: yeah that's amazing and also you were because I'm just really I'm remembering now so I had a 50s inspired wedding dress yeah and I've been married just like I think it was 10 years last year Mm. and after that I got very into the whole proper 50s clothes like the corsets and everything yeah I couldn't do it for long like the full-on
0: oh good wow I, I think I did it for a minute
1: yeah well, it's, it's, a lot. I mean. it's a lot but that's I think when I came across your clothes because exactly yeah. like you said like those were the ones the ones that you mentioned Vivian Holloway, and I can't remember the other one what was the other one called Collective. yeah yeah I remember finding those and finding yours then but yeah, yeah. Instagram yeah. wasn't such a thing then right
0: no. oh absolutely not god no I, there was no social media I think I was no. on Facebook didn't quite understand what or how to use it to be honest yeah Just kind of you know it, did it because everyone said you had to do it how I got myself out there was at events you know just doing lots of Saturday markets or Sunday markets like uh, Portobello market which is uh or Spitterfields market yeah or doing like your kind of like vintage vintage kind of university market store things and that was kind of how I got myself out there really just finding customers talking to them and really learning understanding what worked what didn't work Mm. god I'm not doing that again that was a job kind of thing you know that was a waste of money yeah and that was how I did it you know kind of building my platform up and then from that before the kind of you know the whole data protection thing came in I'd Mm. make sure I'd have an address kind of like a sign-up sheet every single year I went and I probably collect about 30 to 40 addresses every Mm. weekend and mm. built up my email address database ah, from there
1: so you were doing the whole email thing
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Early. I was yeah. doing the email thing from really really early mm. I don't think my emails were anything fabulous mm. but they were enough to kind of make right I could put a discount code on there and yeah. I can sort of say look come to my website I'm going to be at this venue next time mm. and then started to find Regular people. Yeah. So I've got customers from 2013 who yeah. still buy from me today.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Were your sizes inclusive from the off, or is that something you've adopted?
0: Yeah. Later? So I think we went up to a size 18. That mm-hmm. was like um, our sort of the size we sort of we'd always gone from a size eight to 18. That was yeah. kind of our thing. That was like one of our USPs. Yeah. One of the reasons I did that is because, well. I knew that I wanted a lot of my family to wear sizes, mm. wear my clothes. And my mum was a size 16 at the time. Yeah. I was a size 12. Mm. And yeah, most of my aunties were like a size 18. And I was like, well, I want my family to be able yeah. to wear my clothes. And quite frankly, you know, an average size is a yeah. size 16 anyway. So I didn't yeah. think of it just going up one size, no.
1: and now what do you go up to? We go up to a
0: 28 now.
1: I did look on the site. It's 5XL, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 6XL. And because of the jumpsuits, the jumpsuits have been selling. I mean, ridiculously, amazingly, we have had demand for them in larger sizes. So we've just gone up to a 7XL. So we got to 26, 28 now, and mm. sort of the wrap dresses, the sequin wrap dresses specifically. Mm. And we also, you know, for people who are getting married or have special yeah. occasions, if they reach out to us and they're happy to pay a little bit extra Mm. for their specific measurements to kind of be made, you know, something for them Mm. as a one-off. We happily do that as well. As fashion evolves, you sort of, the brands need to understand, they need to be able to to cater to to a wider audience. yeah, And and that means being able to understand how people want to dress and what they want to wear. And not necessarily having, you know, going up to bigger sizes. I myself have never been one of those people who have bought my size. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah size. Yeah. And yeah. I find myself so grateful for that because I'm actually wearing my maternity wear as mm-hmm. my normal clothes. Oh. I've only just had to buy leggings. So yeah. I always yeah. have it, like, things loose, or a little bit, like, more comfortable. So customers know that when they're buying something from us as well, it's not going to be, like, really restrictive. It's going to be quite mm. easy
1: yeah I generally don't buy anything with buttons down the front because mm-hmm. it just never fits me and so because I do most of my shopping online and I'm a size 16 yeah most of my shopping online I'm just like oh, I can't be bothered I'll just have to send it back <laughs> it's like yeah. those rules that you find for yourself where you're just like, absolutely eh, can't do it I love yeah. that What I love about what you've said there is that kind of, so one of the things I talk about a lot in terms of making money is that when people who traditionally haven't been like seen as the person who's going to make all the money, you know, basically Mm. who's not a white middle-class man, it means that we do things like, I want my, I know loads of people of are size 18, why would I exclude them from my clothes? Do you know what I mean? Like we see things that wouldn't be seen everyone I think it's one of the reasons it's so important that more of us make money absolutely and
0: that's that's like you know a huge thing for me and I I practice what I preach you know when I'm um, teaching some of my students at at university I practice what I preach I say to them like when you're putting together your consumer board and if you want to set up a business who is it you are wanting to identify with like Mm. who's going to be on that board and they start off because they're so indoctrinated into this kind of like Advertised such a small-minded advertising world out there. Yeah, they have all of these blonde girls with like size eight bodies, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, what the hell? Come, on. well, you're not even on there. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> You know, and then they're like, oh my god, I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, what? You're like a size twelve with brown hair and your your pear shape. You're not even on your own book. You start to realize these things like, holy crap if I can't even identify with who I am, how are my consumers meant to understand who I am and how do I then make money? So it's like a really interesting, that journey of really kind of identifying with your customer is hugely beneficial to understand how to make your, your, your profit, your profit margin.
1: Yeah. Do you think you've always had a real sense of who you are or was there something that you can kind of look back and go, I think this is why I had that. Because there's confidence in that, in going in and being like, you saw a niche, which I think is like an untapped into market. But what do you think gave you that confidence?
0: I think I've always known who I am because of my mum. Actually, do you know what it is? This is exactly what it is. When I was young and we'd go to church on a Sunday as a family, everyone would be in jeans and t-shirts. And my mum would no joke put me and my brother in like full on ball gown, me in ball gown. (laughs) Like oh, proper dressed I love and my mom. In a little mini suit, and I would literally sweat from the anxiety of walking into church and looking like <laughs> this. This kind of like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Overly dressed princess. But then I look back on it and I'm like, the confidence that gave me,
1: yeah, the
0: confidence it gave me. Because eventually I started to walk with my head held high. Mm. And then I was asking to wear like these really cool dresses, but I was putting trainers on with them. And that was probably about eight or nine. And I think from then it she kind of ingrained in me, just wear what you want to wear. Like just wear it and and own it and rock it. And then I sort of in my in my late teens, stuck in school uniforms on the weekends, Mm. I'd be super excited to get dressed. And I'd find myself cutting things up, T-shirts, like men's T-shirts and putting pins in them and, Mm. you know, just kind of experimenting with really cheap sewing machines and trying to make things. And I feel when you experiment, when you're younger and you're given that space to experiment, you kind of know who you are much faster and earlier. And I think that kind of has helped with the business. It's not a brand for somebody who wants to look like everyone else it's yeah. very much about you taking your own identity and owning it and being able to sort of say you know I'm happy for people to like look at me and go what or, wow because yeah. <laughs> I love that attention <laughs> yeah I've just
1: started to own that about myself yeah just. absolutely
0: and yeah. and being able to sort of You know, I I always think when there's like these older women, like really, really older women who are very stuck in their ways and they don't quite understand your style. So they'll kind of look you up and down. And I used to think, don't be rude looking at me like that. Mm. But now I think, honey, you know, you want this. You want this. (laughs) Like you wish you could. Like You wish you could. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Totally. I bought a leopard print fur coat and this dress Mm -hmm. and I've got these white cowboy boots and my brother used Mm -hmm. to live just down the road and in lockdown I put the whole I was like you know what there's nowhere to wear this at the moment I'm putting the whole thing on and I'm just walking down the street and it was such a joy just for me like people did look at me there wasn't many people around because it was the height of the pandemic but I was literally just going to drop something at his door and I was like oh my god I feel so like so me good. right now yeah and it's Personally. such a—it's so much fun it's such a like there's is, so much it, we can do that is it and
0: that is what fashion should be about that is what fashion should be about mm. it should be about having fun it should be about expression it should be about you know looking at pictures and remembering oh my gosh I wore that dress that day and I remember how good I felt when I wore yeah. it because everyone complimented me or I just felt freaking amazing in that outfit yeah 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 so it's that's what you know I hope we do for people you know Mm. I hope that's kind of what we give people as well
1: yeah I love that how do you think that kind of playfulness and creativity has impacted your money making and the kind of structure of the business and stuff
0: yeah I mean when we first started a lot of people were like oh you know you're really niche and you're really neat like that word I kept hearing I was like really niche and I was like "Mm." Maybe we shouldn't be so niche. Maybe I should go with polka dots and all the cherries and, you know, mm. all the kind of like typical nineteen fifty stuff that mm. everyone else does, which is fine. You know, and I love, I love a good polka dot and I love a good cherry and I love a good stripe or whatever. But I wanted us to be more than just that, you know. Yeah. So I think having that bravery to sort of step outside of that box, to kind of create our own identity has yeah. then enabled me to be able to Print and design a lot of our own you know, designs and yeah. actual fabrics because we do we still have like some fabrics which are dead stock but now our capacity of our own prints outweighs the dead stock mm. which is great and that's always kind of been my goal because that's what people will recognize they recognize the prints that we do so our best-selling print at the moment is our burlesque dancing girl print
1: mm.
0: and we've got it in a jumpsuit and some dresses coming through but again you know something like that I would only have been able to dream about and not have the confidence to do if I have if, if I hadn't started the business the way I did yes and um, so I'm really really grateful that I've stuck to my guns really and yeah. tried not to you know it's easy to get diluted from other people's thoughts when you have a business especially mm. a product business yeah and I think you know, that's one of the biggest things when you start a business you need to be able to understand this to say no (laughs) we are not doing this 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 and this and this just because you tell me to because the amount of requests I've had for people who want a black jumpsuit in cotton and I said no we're not doing a black jumpsuit in cotton we're doing a black denim jumpsuit for winter and they're like oh but I want one in cotton I'm like no because we want to do colourful ones for the summer yeah so like being able to just be like you know that is why we're doing it and just yeah. owning it, and not being sort of influenced by other people.
1: Yeah, and that kind of tracks back to what you were saying about that confidence mm. that, that was instilled when your mum was dressing you in those ball gowns at church. Of that kind of like, you know, what I know that I'm sticking out here. Yeah, I know that I'm taking up space. Yeah, and I, yeah, I am. And what of it? And sort of sitting in that. Yeah, absolutely,
0: that. totally, and and just mixing it up. You know, I just feel like when you just get up in the morning why do you need to I've never got do you know what I've never got trying to plan an outfit the night before you go out like if you've got to go somewhere like really important and I remember like my mum would be like oh you make sure you've got the stuff laid out for the next day so you all so it's all ready unless it's an interview why <laughs> why would you want to plan your outfit like how are you going to feel that morning you just don't know yeah so I've always been like just wear it and put it on and mesh it together and mix it up and see what happens and see how it makes you feel mm. if you're anything like me and you did that I'd just be like confused even more confused the next day <laughs> like, yeah. Didn't front the wardrobe thinking oh god I've laid that out but I don't feel like
1: wearing that now what am I gonna wear yeah yeah totally I love that so much and I know that for me it's had such an impact on just how I show up in my business and stuff what I wear just feeling like you know I think it's so important that our businesses reflect who we are and for anyone that's listening if you feel like you in a fleece and jeans I do think it will have the same impact like if that's what feels right for you then rather than pretending that's not what you like, then just go for it. If you want to be a loungewear, yeah. like, absolutely. absolutely. I oh, just yeah, like yeah. to film on me in a dress.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, during, like, the first lockdown, I actually, I bought tracksuits. I did, mm. I bought some tracksuit bombs, but I wasn't going to buy black tracksuit Yeah. I bought neon pink tracksuit bombs. <laughs> I went to, like, building sites and bought neon green. I was, like, neon out. Like, seriously. <laughs> So, you know, you can do it, but just mm. do it your way. Yeah, absolutely. And make absolutely. Sure feel good
1: doing yeah. it. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about any, like what were the biggest mistakes you made? Like you mentioned starting out and like, I feel like one of the amazing things with you is how long, compared to so many people on the internet, like you've been doing this for such a long time because the mm-hmm. internet being so young. So in that, like, what were some of the, the sort of missteps that you took that you learned from?
0: Oh, god there's loads (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you i wish there was less you learn though that's the whole thing right when you do have mishaps and mistakes i mean i still have them today one of the biggest things i definitely would say is making sure i i I still do this i trial a new shape before Mm. i back it with too much quantity so for example last year or the year before I've got actually got it in front of me because I've got sent one to somebody. But I was doing the year before I did I started to do these embroidered jackets like these,
1: Yeah.
0: with the embroidery on yeah. the back. And I just, just did like two colours. I knew that we have a massive following for Mexicana and vintage mm-hmm. people who love that kind of Mexicana feel. And I knew we had a big following for people who love animals and and as such, and which you know that's kind of my sort of look as well. So I was like, great, because I'll get. Jacket out of it fantastic (laughs) so I sort of I started doing that and I just dabbled in it before last year I eventually sort of backed it on a higher quantity then I went into Mm. it with like five different colors Mm. so I know now like doing those kind of things is much safer then kind of going all in, which is what I used to do when I first started. Like a new, a new shape would come out and, and I'd be like, oh, I love it. I'm just going to do like, you know, 50 or 60 units of it. You're a really small company, as I was when I first started. That's quite a lot, you know, but now yeah. it's, not a, it's not a lot now. But when you're really like start, started, that mm. was a lot for me. But I hadn't factored in the straps, you know, how am I going to change the straps if someone has a bigger bust? they're a shorter body you know and I remember getting stuck with all of this bloody stock and it was even worse because I had won a competition to sell in House of Fraser Mm. so the stock had been sent to the House of Fraser warehouse and I couldn't do anything about it so we were getting all these returns and I had to go to the warehouse for House of Fraser pull out loads of sizes because they were the wrong proportions because I hadn't factored in all of the body shapes mm. so the year after that I was like right the straps need to be adjustable mm. so all of these kind of things like you start to think about holy smokes you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> some some edgy times aren't there in business yeah, like, yeah. oh wow that but didn't so you work kind of
0: figure out well okay what do I do with the stock that hasn't sold yeah I took it back to India they made them into skirts and nice. just t- and took the top halves and made them just into headscarves <laughs> so we kind of you know we figure out stuff along yeah. the way as well if it doesn't work and try not to beat yourself up too much because it is it's unfortunate but it's part of the process of learning yes yeah. one of the biggest things I always said to one of to, to some of my students is if you're wanting to start a business always perhaps consider starting an accessories business first before you do clothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
0: because it's a much lower
1: risk mm. business
0: And then you can maybe branch into clothing.
1: I'm really trying on the podcast to get product-based businesses and service-based businesses. Mm. Because there's such different things. Like as a service-based business, as I am, I have a lot of overheads now. But Mm -hmm. when I started, I didn't. I had the, I guess, privilege in a way to be able to build up to it. As a product-based business, that's not the case, right? Like you're taking on a different kind of risk with that. Absolutely. What would be your advice to people who want to start a product-based business? Would it be start something smaller? Yeah, I think start something
0: small. If you, I think it also depends on your background. I think I went into clothing because I obviously had quite an extensive um, knowledge of clothing and background knowledge of it. So it felt more natural for me. Mm. But if you are wanting to start product as such I would definitely experiment with the type of products that you'd like to to go into perhaps first because the rate of returns Mm. for accessories is much lower the bigger you get the bigger the the return rate that you're gonna have to expect and I was on um, Instagram the other day and I saw Kimmy Telford's six rows of return dresses so I was like oh my god that makes me feel so much better with my six bags sitting on the side but definitely think about you know starting small before Mm. you rush into doing loads I've got a friend who wants to start her own business and she's you know all guns blazing wants to have different umbrellas of different brands I'm like just start small and learn from that one particular brand before you decide to dive into all of these other avenues Mm. and focus you know focus on it like People kept saying to me when I first started, why don't you do shorts? Why don't you do trousers? Why don't you do tops? I did literally dresses as my whole company. My whole thing was dresses for six solid years. Yeah, I didn't do, I probably did a couple of tops just to test, didn't work. And I just stuck to it, just stuck to dresses for good solid six years. And that is still our USB. You know, we've got 80% of what we do is dresses, yeah so stick to one particular area master it is what I say before you decide to jump ship and Mm. eat everybody else's fish
1: (laughs) I do that is one of the (laughs) the biggest mistakes I see with product-based businesses and service-based businesses can do it to a point but it's Mm. having too many products and and not and it just being confusing for everyone but especially for the business owner who's got to market all of that absolutely yeah absolutely and so you mentioned about how the business Mm. has grown Mm. did it grow just steadily or was there something that really changed like the game for you within those 10 years Yeah, I think when we started to do our own prints I say that just Mm. looking at my wall my
0: sort of wall of growth I've got business cards on my wall with different different phases of our collection each year Mm. and I think it definitely started to sort of see a huge growth what's that one two three in our fifth year when we started to print our own fabrics
1: Mm.
0: and that was when I feel like people started to really understand who we were as a brand yeah and we started to really kind of separate ourselves more from others and we also started to use more in terms of inclusivity within the advertising because we have more budget to be able to afford to pay more models. Yeah. I'd say that's really what, what helped us sort of step up. Yeah. And you could see the growth from that point much more than previously. So I think it's, you know, to kind of answer your question, it's definitely been a steady growth. I think within the last two years, we've just kind of gone like this, you know, Mm. I feel we've really I feel like we've really executed the vision of who we are what we want to do and how we want to be seen yeah um, yeah with no kind of like what's the word apologies
1: mm. that makes sense yeah yeah I love the way you're describing that because it feels like the more clear you got on who you are and who you're mm. for the more you sold and the more money you made um, absolutely And we do hear from bigger brands like that they can't do the bigger sizes because of X, Y, Z. It's rubbish.
0: Yeah. No, no way. Like, you know, brands like Caramelin, what the hell? You only went up to like size 16. What's going on? Yeah. Seriously, like so many different high street brands who only go up to size 16 and 18s. You can do it. Sure that like there might be some cost and minimum quantity implications, but if you really want to do it, you'll take that hit on your bottom margin perhaps or you'll increase your prices some way or you'll put that money into somewhere else to reflect yeah. for the cost of that particular production but I really don't think that there is any excuse no. for any big brands
1: yeah to yeah not
0: have inclusive size yeah. ranges
1: yeah I'm so hopeful and I think you were a real like trailblazer with it that people will do it I'm seeing some kind of of the small brands but big small brands starting to do yeah. it and it's so and do it in pre-orders for example like yeah that's a great way to do it so you can absolutely. you can check what the need is it doesn't yeah like, and people who have been excluded from clothes will be like oh wait i've been waiting my whole life Oh wait yeah, three months absolutely okay, kidding and it's even better with pre-orders because then you take the
0: opportunity if they're like me anyway if some if we've got a couple of pre-orders at the moment, but what we also do is to, I email the customers yeah. and double check their measurements yes. so that I know that they've definitely read our size chart correctly. Mm. They're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because sometimes what we do as women, and we are all guilty of this, even I, as even in maternity range, I was like, I'm a size medium. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. <laughs> 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 I'm, like, well, I'm, I'm rocking off on the, on the internet to buy my leggings and in a size medium and they arrive and i'm like I've everybody put one one finger in these and they'd be like too small and so you know you exchange them and actually you're an extra large so it's that kind of like mindset as well we need hmm. to change and we need to be able to accept our shapes and our yeah. sizes so yeah. that we don't have to go through this whole traumatic experience of yeah. Returning things yeah. because we just haven't accepted what yeah. size we actually are.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> and to be fair, H and M particularly, who I think is probably the worst culprit, doesn't help because you could put on anything in H and M. I can put. Yeah. On a, I've worn a size eight and a size twenty-two in H and M. Yeah. And yeah. in the same body, <laughs> like in the same size, it's, it's just ridiculous. So, finish this sentence for me. Money mm-hmm. is accessible to everybody. Oh, that is an excellent answer. I love that answer. Favorite book you've read recently can be anything. Oh I don't know how your pregnancy I've got brain. Is so
0: going. many different books on my side table that I'm like halfway through.
1: <laughs> That's At fine. Favorite half on your. I've
0: got. Through. I'm reading the Black Millennial, and I'm also in between hmm. something like a, a parenting book, and I'm also in between a money book. So that kind of tells you the three different levels of how I'm feeling, depending (laughs) on what I'm feeling before I go to bed. Do you remember what what the money book is? It is. Oh, the one actually that Leona
1: suggested. Is it the soul of money? No, not that one. It's a white cover. Overcoming under earning. That's the one. That's That's the one. one that's a good one one. yeah
0: I just dive straight into them I don't even (laughs) remember the name of them but I'm on like I'm on like a good two chapters in now so that's really good I often
1: only read like three quarters of books like that's pretty standard even the books that people on the podcast would have heard me like it's brilliant I often haven't finished it but what I've read it's brilliant (laughs) I think the only time I get
0: to really finish a book is if I'm on holiday on a beach or by the pool so yes
1: And that is going to get worse once you've had a baby. Yeah, exactly. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life. Oh my God. What would it be? (laughs) That's just
0: torture.
1: It could be a meal or like an item, like a, yeah
0: that's really difficult (laughs) because I love me some food honey like seriously like (laughs) I don't know it's a toss-up between traditional kind of African food Mm -hmm. Nigerian food and maybe a mesh between my husband's Caribbean and Thai food like and then maybe a a sprinkling of Indian food
1: (laughs) so I this is what I do I don't I answer in regions not meals. yeah yeah Mexican yeah, food then and Thai easier. food <laughs> yeah. and also Japanese food <laughs> oh my god Korean
0: food I love Korean food yeah. so good
1: I don't know why I'm so mean asking everyone that because I'm straight away I'm like I can't answer it that's a difficult one <laughs> <laughs> best bit of money or business advice that you've received best bit of business advice I've probably received very very lucky to have a kind
0: of non- executive ceo guy who Hmm. kind of checks up on us once a month when i first found him on linkedin and he Hmm. does this for free he's amazing oh wow yeah he's really amazing because he he loves prints and color and he works for quite a high profile brand but i won't say because i might get in trouble (laughs) but his first piece of advice when he met us I say us because he also works with my team is focus, just stay focused. Mm. You know, and if it doesn't work before you've gone into production with it and you're not loving it, then it's just not meant to happen. There have been so many, you know, I've actually commissioned some prints which are still sat in my archives mm. to be printed because I've loved them at the time, but then when I've wrapped them up on my wall to go to production, I've been like, what this is not giving me love I'm not feeling anything so always be focused and sort of you know do it only if you love it don't feel don't feel pressured into having to do it
1: yeah I love that I love how much when you're talking and I don't even know how like aware you are of this but it just sounds so embodied like your instinct on stuff like it's really lovely to hear the way you're like yeah I just didn't feel it there I didn't know it there it's really amazing oh Um, that's awesome (laughs) I should be opera (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing all of that with us I'm so excited your brand just exists in the world brings me so much thank joy you. and I need to make an order from it I keep looking I look I look at a number of things there regularly and I'm like oh maybe that that so I need to I need to (laughs) bite bite the bullet on a few jumpsuits and other things so brilliant thank you okay and I didn't tell you I'm going to share something with the rest of the audience that they might not Mm. know at the end of every podcast there is this weird moment where I have to say goodbye as if we're ending but I don't kick the person out of the video so there's always this weird ending so I'm going to do the weird ending now and then we can keep chatting (laughs) okay can you let people know where they can find you
0: oh yes so you can find us on www.loveurlook.co.uk so loveyourlook.co.uk also on instagram at loveyourlookclothing and yeah i guess you can sort of fiddle around and figure out the rest from there yeah yeah brilliant thank
1: you so much for joining us oh thank you it's been a pleasure darling (laughs) pleasure Thank you for listening to the Money Makers podcast. I'm delighted you could be here with me. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review. It makes all the difference in getting these episodes heard by more people. A huge thank you to Erin Maguire who edits these episodes. You can find her details below. And to my team who do all the hard work in getting this podcast to your ears. You can, of course, find me on Instagram at ray underscore dod and in my Facebook group, also called Money Makers. Thanks again!